Welcome one and welcome all to the PFN Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. You can find me over at Derek Tate NFL over on X. That is the one and only Kyle Sapi. Find him over at Kyle Sapi PFN on X, formerly known as Twitter. Sapi, we got DFS Week 17, nearly a full slate with only four teams not in play for this entire Sunday slate. So we still got a little bit of opportunity to make a little bit of money before the end of the regular season. And you're not getting too greedy. Yeah, four games, eight teams not on the main slate here. But we do have some options here. You can get creative. You can pay up. There's a nice variety of options. It all starts with the quarterback position. Trickles down from there. How you build your roster can be unique or it can be chalky in some spots and unique in others. I like where we're headed this week. I like the board. And we always got to come out firing. As you know, we're going all in on an offense. Who is the quarterback wide receiver stack that you love for the Sunday slate in Week 17? I mean, at the end of the day, we're playing against other humans, right? So you're playing against people with emotions and anybody with eyes, let alone emotions that watched the 49ers play last week. Not exactly impressed with Brock Purdy. So I don't mind going that direction. If I'm going to stack them up, this is where it gets dangerous because you never know where these stupid 49ers are going to go with their past targets here. But I'm going to go Ayuk. I'll roll the dice on Ayuk, who's got a touchdown or five catches in eight of his last nine games. I don't think I have to sell you on the prime buy low spot for Brock Purdy. We know he's an MVP candidate going into last night or last week. That doesn't undo everything here. Washington giving up 12% more points per game than any other defense in the league. Ayuk, 18 and a half yards per catch this season. If there's going to be a big play, it seems likely to go to him. Obviously, fading McCaffrey, fading Debo, fading, fading George Kittle. Leaves you open to some issues, but if you only go with the two of them, I think your roster can be somewhat unique here. Purdy and Ayuk, my staple to start the lineups. Yeah, as long as Purdy is able to be active working through that stinger injury, then I'm all on board. Bounce back performance in a big way against the Washington Commanders defense that is rough <laughs> throughout the 2023 season, in particular on the back end. For the Tater Special, give me the guy that has thrown 14 touchdown passes in the last five games, Soppy. Matthew Stafford, turn back the clock. And I'm going to stack him, not with Cooper Cup, who is still a little bit more expensive than Puka Nakua on this DraftKings slate. Look, as long as you're going to keep you know, putting Cooper Cup at the top of the board, I'm going to keep investing in Puka Nakua yeah. in my DFS lineups. And last week... Saw a monster performance. A pretty, it gets a pretty darn good secondary. 11 targets, 9 receptions, 164 yards, and a receiving score. He's on such a historic pace, Soppy, as, as a rookie wide receiver. Many feared that he was going to be you know, cast off to the island of fantasy misfit toys uh, to be in the holiday spirit once Cooper Cup has come back. That hasn't been the case. Cooper Cup is still the wide receiver, wide receiver 7 in PPR formats. Up to this point in the season, but I love his outlook against the New York Giants heading into Week 17. I think it's a good spot, too, price-wise. You get him priced just over a guy like Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman. Like, some guys are going to, some managers are going to prefer to save a couple of bucks and pay down for wide receiver ones with elite upside, which they are. But Puka Nakua, he's, he's impressed every step of the way. There's no two ways about it. The target earning ability straight into the league is nothing short of impressive. Speaking of impressive, who is a running back that you expect to impress us with his Week 17 performance that we should try to pair with your San Francisco 49ers stack? I think you're going to have to track Isaiah Pacheco's status a little bit here, but it seems at the moment a little unlikely that he's going to play after the concussion. His helmet comes off, he bangs his head, all that good stuff. 
The Chiefs have got bigger goals than Week 17. So if they sit them, it wouldn't shock me. Jarek McKinnon already on IR with a groin injury. That opens up 15 to 20 touches for CEH, who has a 20-yard catch and not one, not two, but three straight games. That sort of involvement. It's kind of like I made the case yesterday for Zeke. It's similar. I don't think he's going to be overly efficient on the ground, but he's going to get those looks in addition to the pass game role and a Mahomes-led offense. This also gives you a little bit of leverage, I think, Patrick Mahomes, because he's Patrick Mahomes, is going to garner some ownership here in a bounce back spot. People are going to continue to chase the elite game from him. And I don't think that's wrong by any means. But if you want to get off of that, not many people with Mahomes are going to go CEH. So I think you get some leverage that way. CEH, my running back next to the 49ers. Yeah, the volume is really the play here with Jared McKinnon on IR and Isaiah Pacheco I think highly unlikely to be able to clear concussion protocol in time to be active for week 17. So I'm all on board with CEH against the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of bounce back performances though, we saw a Los Angeles Chargers team that showed a little bit of life soppy against the Buffalo Bills, just a little bit, right? Uh, And that means Austin Eckler, who is priced at $6,700 for this slate, which is well outside of the top 10 options as far as price point goes, I'm okay with rolling the dice on Eckler against a Denver Broncos defense that has given up a boatload of rushing yards this season on a per game basis. Of course, they had that, you know, conundrum in the 70 point spot that they gave up to the Dolphins once upon a time. They've still been giving up plenty of points to opposing running backs throughout the season. And at this price point, I'm okay with going with Austin Eckler because I don't think he's going to be game scripted out of this contest against the Denver Broncos offense that could be without Cortland Sutton and also just hasn't been clicking on all cylinders uh, and certainly hasn't been blowing teams out. So I think Allison Eckler is an interesting price point to stack with Stafford and Nakua for this one. It's another nice kind of game theory play here because you're going a running back that's priced just ahead of Bijan Robinson, just ahead of DeAndre Swift, two elite talents coming off a good week. So you would think that the public's going to go to what they just saw and the names they know. So Austin Eckler has been a disappointment in season-long leagues all season. That could drive down his ownership a little bit here in the DFS world. So I I like where you're headed here. Obviously, there's risk, but there's risk across the board here. Austin Eckler, his ceiling at that price point is worth the gamble. Where there's no risk is by clicking the subscribe button, the like button, and clicking the bell. If you're tuning in via our PFN Fantasy YouTube channel, takes you just a couple seconds we really appreciate the love and support do the deed there also if you're listening just via audio podcast subscribe rate review five star review that's all we ask for over at as a holiday gift over here at pro football network of course you can run all of our suggestions through our dfs optimizer that you can find at pfnfantasy.com we also have a trade analyzer for you dynasty aficionados that still have a, a, a trade or two to make before the end of the 2023 season you can find that at pfnfantasy.com as well as the start set optimizer for those of you that are in the fantasy championship round in week 17 check out all those free tools over at the website another thing you need to check out Super Draft. Player prop players, you need to listen up. The NFL is back, and Super Draft has an exclusive free play to win up to 100 times your entry for PFN listeners. Sign up now and score an instant $20 deposit bonus on deposits of 20 or more dollars when you use the promo code PFN. And don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to smash a winning player prop entry, claim your free play, and bonus today. And speaking of bonuses, go to PFN Merch. 
PFNMerch.com. The holiday season may be coming to a close, but the great gear over at PFN Merch, like this coffee cup, is still going strong. So get your exclusive merchandise to rep your team fandom, support the brand, or make fun of your fantasy football league mates by going to PFNMerch.com today. Soppy, time to jump into the quarterback pool we got a lot of options. Who are some of the ones that stand out here for the Sunday slate in Week 17? Mentioned Mahomes earlier. I do think if his – I mean, we got to check ownership as we get closer to kickoff here. But if he comes in at a low number against the Bengals, like you're talking the best quarterback for my money in the game today. I understand he's not playing like it. You can't tell me he's not the most talented guy out there. I understand the concerns with pass catchers, all that good stuff. It's a positive matchup. A, top, a bottom 10 defense when it comes to pressure rate. We just saw Mahomes rack up a season-high 53 rushing yards. If you're combining that, it gets Travis Kelsey back on track here. We get Rasheed Rice. We think he's the real deal. I have no problem going with Mahomes if you're paying up. You want to go down. You mentioned Derek Carr on the podcast yesterday for the start-sit option. He's a top 15 guy for me this week. Not priced nearly like that against a Buccaneers defense that we know is vulnerable. He's got the eight touchdowns over his last three games, almost eight yards per pass attempt over the past two weeks. Derek Carr seems to be clicking, moving in the right direction. We know he's got the short pass game with Kamara. They're starting to hit over the top with Shahid and Alave. Jawan Johnson, you mentioned yesterday, showing signs of life. Taysom Hill, you never know. You never know with him. So, I mean, if he gets vultured, he gets vultured. That's that's the price of doing business here. But Carr's upside is much stronger than what his price currently reflects. I'm on board with Derek Carr. Patrick Mahomes kind of hold my breath. It's kind of weird uh, to yeah. watch how this is all played out for the Kansas City offense and, and certainly the dud that they put up against the Las Vegas Raiders. But certainly they're in a spot at home against Cincinnati where Mahomes can be Mahomes again. And certainly the price point makes sense, it, which is weird to say, but I'm okay with paying up for Patrick Mahomes as well. For me, it's Kyler Murray against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, we saw the Eagles defense um, who – Looked like they had trouble putting Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants passing offense away, giving up a huge play to Darius Slayton, which Kyler Murray over the last two games has actually had pseudo-tough matchups, one against the Chicago Bears and the other against the San Francisco 49ers. And I thought he was actually pretty good and pretty productive in both of those games. So now he's got a plus-level matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles secondary that has been ravaged by injuries uh, on the second and third levels. I really like Kyler Murray as a, as a middle-of-the-road option, but always possesses that high fantasy ceiling because of his explosiveness as a dual-threat option. So I think that you can go in a in – a, he's somebody that I really like. Uh, if you're not going to go all the way down the board to Derek Carr, then Murray is somebody that has that type of ceiling, uh, again, in a favorable matchup I like in Week 17. Would you stack him with McBride? You're going to go Wilson? You're going to leave him out on his own? How would you build a roster around Murray? It's how they call what they call a tease in the business, my friend. And I know you know that, but it, you know, the, there may be a name that is brought up at the tight end position a little bit later. Trey McBride. Yeah, we'll talk about him here in a little bit. Moving to the wide receiver position. Sapi, who are some wide receivers that have caught your eye for this DFS slate heading into week 17? I mean, there's no way around Chris Godwin's recent production here. He's seen at least 10 targets in back to back to back games. We know the target equity is there now. We've seen it in the past. We've seen him elevate with a high floor, a high catch count that we could count on, and it's it's back? I don't want to say it's 100% locked in because we didn't see it for like three months, but over the last month, it's been there. We know Mike Evans' traditional struggles against the Saints opens up the door for a lot of production elsewhere here. I still don't think they really want to focus on the run game. I understand Rashad White's getting more and more work here, but this is still a pass-first offense. They've still got a pass 
centric running back. Rashad White, definitely a better pass catcher than he is a runner of the football. So if they're putting the ball through the air and we don't think Mike Evans is going to go off, that puts Chris Godwin in a good spot. He had eight grabs for 114 yards in the first meeting. Could he do something similar? I think it's possible. I think it's possible he's got a target share over 37% over his last three games. If you're going down the board, reaching deep here and this I'm going this way in a season long league because I got to do it. Rashid Shahid, I think could put together a second straight big week against the Bucks. It's a good matchup. There's no two ways about that. The Bucks were good last week. That doesn't undo three and a half months of struggles. He matched Shahid season high with nine targets last week. And that's all we could ask for from him, from the Pickens of the world, the Gabe Davis of the world. Just give him an opportunity. These guys are too talented to not make a play. If you're giving them eight to 10 looks, that's what Shahid got last week. I think we could see more of the same this week. The Bucks. Top seven in blitz rate, but bottom seven in pressure rate. So if they're bringing an extra defender, that means there's one less guy that could cover over the top. And if they're not getting home, our guy Derek Carr could be loading it up. Shahid again for me in DFS lineups in week 17. Saw plenty of encouraging things from Derek Carr pushing the football down the field to Rashid Shahid. And I like Chris Olave for this slate as well as far as a option that you can stack. In fact, if you you could go with all three options really you, it, could, it, you, it, could. you really could uh, you know the triple stack against the buccaneers secondary for me i'm going to go with a guy who hasn't put together quality back-to-back outings all season and that's dj chark okay. revenge game narrative baby heading into jacksonville come on they let him go for a good reason because he hasn't been very productive but the point being he was very productive and had his best game in a carolina panthers uniform uh, with six receptions, 98 yards, and two scores against the Green Bay Packers. They were having their issues on the back end. But the Jags are also a team that's giving up a lot of yards through the air, including some big plays, which I could see DJ Chark kind of being that guy if they're able to build off of what was, I think, Bryce Young's most productive day through the air in the NFL. They also have let go of their head coach a while back. Maybe this team's starting to show a little bit of fight and maybe can finish on a high note um, with an upset win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not calling the upset, but I do think it's going to be a busier day for DJ Chark than what we've seen historically throughout the rest of his 2023 campaign. Now, let's move on to some other options. But first, you do need to check this out. If you haven't heard, ESPN's new sports betting app, ESPN Bet, is now live. Secure $250 in bonus bets by signing up with the link in the episode description and use promo code PFN. You will instantly have $200 in bonus bets uh, in your account plus another $50 within 24 hours. Must physically be present in one of the 17 states that legally have ESPN Bet for bonuses, 21 plus and present in participating states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Soppy, speaking of gambling, who is a handful of running backs or a couple options that you're willing to roll the dice on at the running back position for this Week 17 DMS build? I'll run through a game theory play off the top and then a couple of guys that I just like per dollar at their play here. Devon Achan, he's a game theory play. You mentioned him as a sit option. Don't necessarily disagree with that in season-long leagues, but against Baltimore, you're talking about a guy that almost averages eight yards a touch. I understand that a lot of that came early in the season but if you're gonna get that type of potential in a game that we think could shoot out at a very very low ownership I'm interested I'm at least interested I'm entertaining the idea and seeing how my roster kind of takes shape around him but he's priced next to Saquon Eckler Bijan Robinson guys like that that are gonna get far more looks at the same price the matchup's tough the usage is tough I understand all the negatives here but the upside is still there. This isn't Space Jam. He hasn't lost his talents from early in the season. 
It might not be likely to get there. I'm not counting on it. But the fact that that's in his bag at this low of an ownership, we're talking under 5%. To me, that's worth it. Most are dealing with a shin injury. That certainly doesn't hurt either. Two lower running backs, Zemir White and Tajay Spears, I think are very much in play. I'll start with Spears. He's got 14 touches last week, 74% catch rate on the season. He's seen at least six targets in three of his last four games. We know Derrick Henry trending out of town here. Eventually, Spears is going to be counted on heavily. Is it this week? I don't know. Derrick Henry's got multiple touchdowns in like four out of five games. He's been cooking near the goal line, but really hasn't been efficient. Start to transition to Tajay Spears a little bit. I think he's interesting at his price against the Texans defense. That doesn't scare me in the least. Samir White, consecutive, consecutive top 15 finishes, filling in for Josh Jacobs, assuming that role is his again to fill. That's 42 touches. That's 21 touches a week. That is huge usage against a Colts defense that allows the 10th most or 10th highest percentage of opponent yards to come on the ground. If that's going to be the case, Zamir White is a threat to hit the 100-yard bonus again this week. Tell you what, Zamir White is certainly making a compelling case that he could be heavily involved if the Raiders decide to move on from Josh (laughs) Jacobs. You know, and I think Jacobs is not going to be in Las Vegas next year, but uh, certainly he has been finishing strong. Devon Achan is the one that it makes sense if you're going against the grain, the low ownership rate or low usage rate. Uh, His appearance in, in rosters, I expect to be very low because of the things that we just mentioned recent struggles, you know, lack of, you know, high volume of touches and then a matchup that's far from favorable. He's still capable of popping a a handful of big plays. Uh, So I understand where you're going with it. Personally, a cheaper option that I feel more comfortable with is DeAndre Swift against the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to try to get back to playing their physical brand of football and trying to establish the run. We've seen two straight games where DeAndre Swift has seen pretty high carry counts, and he's going up against an Arizona Cardinals defense that's been giving up an average of over 170 yards on the game on the ground over the last three games, and that's the most in the NFL. So I, I feel more comfortable going with DeAndre Swift, even though it could be a little bit more of a chalkier play. I don't disagree with that. I think Swift's a fine play. and It's not against the rules to go with chalk in some spots. You just don't want everybody to be chalk. You can build a unique lineup with chalk pieces. I'm fine with Swift this week. Speaking of fine with Soppy, the tight end position is always an adventure, but we got a lot of options. So who are some of the ones that stand out to you heading into the Week 17 Sunday slate. We've got a lot of options and I find myself landing on the same freaking guys every week. And that's just because I buy what they're doing and the price really hasn't changed all that much. Isaiah likely, I think a very much in play option here. I find that a lot of my DFS contests, I don't want to speak for everybody here. People either pay way up for the tight end position or look for a direct punt. Isaiah likely doesn't fit either one of those. So I don't know if he's going to be that popular in the middle tier of the position here, but you're talking about an implied total for the Ravens. It's somewhere in the mid twenties, his ADA one and a half yards shorter than that of Mark Andrews. They're looking for ways to get the ball in this athlete's hands and letting him do with it. The dolphins eighth, most missed tackles that to me speaks highly for a short pass game. Isaiah likely very, very much in play. And what I think is going to be the game of the week against the dolphins there. Gerald Everett, my guy, Gerald Everett, also very much in play against a Broncos defense that I I don't fear in any regard. They're the second worst yards per play defense in the entire National Football League. And you've got Gerald Everett. This just feels disrespectful. He's trending in the right direction when it comes to targets and everything. He's priced next to Fryermuth and Logan Thomas, like boring guys with very little upside. I'm not saying Everett's going to break the slate or anything here, but I think he outproduces those guys. He's got some yardage equity to him where those don't. 
I trust his role in this Ethan Easton stick pass game. You're talking about a target share over 23%. Gerald Everett, very much in play if you're paying down at the position. I'm fine with going with the middle of the road or, or pay down options that you mentioned. I'm willing to pay up though. And I already mentioned, you know, Kyler Murray, Murray earlier in this one kind of, you know, um, blew up my own tease to where I'm going in this direction. But it is with Trey McBride. And even though McBride's yardage total was the lowest that it's been since Kyler Murray has returned under center as the starting quarterback, he's still seen a minimum of seven targets every single game that Kyler Murray has been under center. And do you think he's going to possibly have a busy day against this Philadelphia sure. secondary that can't stop a nosebleed right now? I think so i think it's going to be another busy day at the office because i do think the eagles offense is going to have success against the arizona defense which is going to put kyler murray into throwing the ball probably more than you know 35 times in this contest which to me speaks to trey mcbride probably seeing more than 10 targets sure. and a very healthy stat line and if he gets some touchdown equity he's only scored one touchdown since murray has been the starting quarterback but if you get a little bit of touchdown equity against this struggling secondary for philadelphia then I think Trey McBride could be a home run of a hit, even though you are paying up a little bit uh, in comparison to the rest of the options. Yeah, no issue there. And you, you're stacking, you're filling the tight end position, which is a pain to fill anyway, so you kind of kill two birds with one stone. I like it. Moving on and rounding it out with a defense special teams option, who do you like heading into Week 17? You mentioned him as a pickup on our waiver wire podcast this week the Colts what's not to like there I mean if you zoom out I understand that they stunk last week against the Falcons and that might have a recoil effect where people aren't willing to go there because they were a negative EV defense and special teams against the Falcons I understand why that would be an alarm but prior to that over at least 12 fantasy points in five of six games that is production that's hard to find at this price point the Raiders allow sacks at an above average rate in the Colts hardly ever blitz. So if they can get home with their front four here, that's putting a lot of pressure on Aiden O'Connell against a secondary that's backing off and has a lot of guys back there. There's a lot of reward potential there, especially, especially if you think the Colts can get out and play with a lead there. Same goes for the Broncos against the Chargers. Targeting Easton Stick, not exactly rocket science here. The Bills got to him five times last week. That very well could be the case again this week. Denver, a five-point favorite, so you think that they're moving with a little bit of a lead here and force stick to be aggressive down the field. The Broncos sixth in blitz rate. So they're going to be putting the heat on him. We don't trust them to make decisions in a clean pocket on a practice field, really anywhere at this point. So if you're bringing heat and putting him in a tough spot, I think points could add up in a hurry. You've got Patrick Sertan waiting to score out there. So Denver, a nice option against the chargers. I'm on board with both of those. One that I'm going to throw up that, Again, I think that the usage is going to be very low, and this is part of the reason why I'm I'm not on board with A-Chan this week. But I'm going to go the Baltimore Ravens defense against the Miami Dolphins. And oh. I know that that is not going to be popular. But are we certain that this Miami Dolphins offensive line is going to be able to generate push no. against the Baltimore Ravens front? I'm not. And the, we just – I mean, granted – Christian McCaffrey had some success. I get it, but the, the, the 49ers, Christian I trust McCaffrey. them more as a – it's Christian McCaffrey and a banged-up Raheem Mostert, a Devon Achan, who I still think is dealing with a toe injury, and Jeff Wilson Jr. aren't enough to scare me, uh, even if they are schemed up perfectly by Mike McDaniel. I love him as a play caller. Love his scheme. I just think the, the Baltimore Ravens 
are some dogs on the defensive side of the football. They get physical, and they they punch the San Francisco 49ers in the mouth. I think they're going to be able to heat up Tua Tonga Bailoa with the Dolphins on the road, too, in slightly not ideal Southern Florida conditions. So I, I just see this Baltimore Ravens defense roughing up this Miami Dolphins offense in this contest and potentially forcing Tua into some uncharacteristic turnovers. And when he's potentially heated up in this contest, also we have to keep an eye on Jalen Waddle, which, you know, I just, I don't see them having the same amount of success uh, with how well this Baltimore Ravens defense is playing right now. Yeah, and I think that's an interesting play because there's going to be plenty of ownership on Tua and those stacks. Even though it comes against Baltimore, I get it, but they're big names with spike play potential, so they're going to garner some interest here. If you're on the other side of that, or if you're not going Tua, why not fully invest on that? If Tua goes off and you don't have Tua, you're not winning anyway, so why not go with the a defense like the Ravens, where we know they're more than capable of making great quarterbacks look pedestrian, and that way you gain—you don't only gain leverage on the field, you gain exposure to them failing. It helps you. It doesn't just hurt them. It helps you. So I think there's a nice little strategic play by you there, Mr. Tate. I try. I try sometimes. It might blow up in my face if Tyree Kill goes for 200 yards on 11 receptions and three scores, but... I digress. Speaking of help, we're trying to help you out over here at the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. So go ahead, subscribe, like, click the bell so you get notified every single time we drop a new bit of content on the PFN Fantasy YouTube channel. If you're listening via podcast, subscribe, rate, review, five-star review. That's all we ask for is a holiday gift as we head into the 2024 new year. And then, of course, check out all of our tools over at PFNFantasy.com. We got the DFS Optimizer, the Fantasy Trade Analyzer, and the Start Sit Optimizer all for your consumption at absolutely no price to you so check that out for kyle soppy i'm Derek tate and until next time everybody good luck and later says the tape